Hi there, and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that seeks out middle ground. My name is Annika Buckle. Hello, I'm Jenny Omani, and if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love some feedback from you, um, particularly in the form of five-star reviews uh, and sharing with your friends. Also, we love um, engaging and having interactions with uh, feedback from people when you do listen. So please, Instagram messages are always welcome. Um, we just love it. So thanks so much for listening. Sharing is caring. Um, okay, we are uh, maybe finishing up, following up, not finishing up. We're going to talk about this probably for forever, but this little <laughs> surprise mini series on neurodivergence. Brains are not all equal. And not equal doesn't mean not good. It just means different. So today mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. talking as we have been of our own personal experience. Just as a reminder, our goal in having these conversations is to have conversations about our personal experiences with um, our own neurodivergence. So <laughs> join us, will you? <laughs> I just um, think it's so interesting because it's such a... Uh, topic right now and I was talking to a friend earlier this morning about it's actually really cool how quickly um you can see stigma shift to the mm. point where it's almost like the fact that people are just like self-diagnosing and proclaiming their ADHD on the internet it's become yeah. almost trendy uh not to say that those people don't have ADHD I don't know like I can't diagnose that and I but it's interesting how people who have no interest in seeking formal diagnosis are very happy to talk all about their self-proclaimed diagnosis. Well, and you know what? I think labels are a real double-edged sword, but the more mm -hmm. we can have conversations about them, the more we can destigmatize them. So totally. You know. That's, yeah, and that's I think what, that's, so let's do that today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the key is it's just having open dialogue. And I think the more people that can hold space to have that open dialogue um, can help the people that aren't comfortable having the dialogue, mm -hmm. right? They can sort mm -hmm. of silently feel supported. But we yeah. are formally diagnosed by like Medical. practitioners who can make diagnoses and prescribe medications and whatnot. So we uh, have an episode, I think it was called something like Happy New Year, we have ADHD, which is true. Uh, and we talk about what the process looks like. And it's actually like painfully slow, of course. We thought, because last week we talked about um, me personally and our family starting medication for ADHD for our kid. And just a little bit about what that process looked like um, and what the experience has been like. And so we thought... It only makes sense if you're going to talk about the pharmacological interventions to also talk about what sort of non-pharmacological interventions have been helpful because it's not if or either. It's both. All the things. This Capital is, letters this and. Is, this, this is the literal like nexus of this podcast, right? Is mm -hmm. we don't, we don't necessarily think that you have to or should even pick one and not the other. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, out of this beautiful tapestry grab bag of options in front of you, what are the things that are going to serve you the best? And and mm -hmm. how does that work? Now, mm -hmm. what's very funny that we were just talking about before we started recording is a lot of the, like, quote unquote, hacks, the non-pharmacological interventions for both of us, 
um, we actually don't even recognize we do because mm-hmm. we're both, you know, well into our lives. And these for a lot of them are, are things that we've been doing for the majority of our lives. Mm-hmm. You don't know even that what you're doing is a workaround until you see somebody say that that's a workaround and you realize, mm-hmm. oh, not everybody's brain does that. Like I set all of the clocks in our house five to 10 minutes fast because that helps me not be late for things. I can't mm-hmm. look at the time on my phone or my computer or any other you know, device that automatically changes. I have to use digital clocks around the house that have the wrong time so that I am not late. And I think that any adult, especially who's done the um, standardized ADHD screening form for adults, and that this, I'm sure there's multiple different standardized forms depending on where you live and whatnot, but the the gist of it's all the same. And it asks you a series of questions and you score on a scale, like how much that is you basically. And they're hard to answer if you are someone who has built up systems for coping because the surface answer is, oh no, not at all. But then you're like, oh, hold on a second. (laughs) So if the question in this case was like, are you late all the time? Or you're frequently late for whatever, for, for things, your gut reaction is like, I I am not late. No. But then when you peel it back, it's like, because I've literally added extra clocks Like nobody, nobody else in my house knows what time it is and it drives them crazy, but it's the only way that I can, I mean, not the only way it's that, that is one one of my hacks. The -hmm. other is reminders in my phone, Mm -hmm. putting it in my calendar in my phone and also writing it in my planner. Mm -hmm. Uh, The big thing for me, I think that I have learned is you know, is one of the non-pharmacological interventions. One of my personal hacks is I literally have to write everything down and not just like on a, for a long time, I would just like write it on the back of an envelope or like scroll it on a piece of paper that, but that's basically the same as not writing it down. Everything, basically everything goes into my (laughs) writing technique. I remember my mom doing that as a kid, always on the back of envelopes. Envelopes. I know, right? For me. (laughs) Um, so it has to go into like, if you were to look at my calendar, my personal calendar, you Mm -hmm. would see things like at, um, 1130 yesterday, I had, uh, something pop up that was called library, um, coffee cream, sprouts for sandwiches, cobs, bread, and three buns. Mm -hmm. That is my list of things I had to do if I didn't put it in my calendar for 1130, it wouldn't have gotten done yesterday, but it had to get mm-hmm. done. And I had to put them and I had to put them in the order I had to do them so that when I went into the calendar, I could cross them off by deleting them off of the timestamp one by one. My whole calendar is full of things like that. Normal people, non-neurodivergent people, everybody's <laughs> normal and or abnormal in their own way. Non-neurodivergent people the might normies. just remember <laughs> that they could go to the library and then pick up three things at the grocery store afterwards, but I cannot. Oh no, dude. I can't even remember why I went upstairs to get stuff half the time. Never mind what I'm going to get at the store. But it's funny. I love that you mention the lists because I have had like a real, I've lived many lives with lists and <laughs> I'm actually, actually in a really good place with them now. You reminded me of an old list technique I used to use that I have just this week started doing again. And um, I remember how useful it is. So 
that thank oh, cool. you for reminding me that that is a thing that I need to do. Oh my gosh, let's talk about it. So for for context and background, I always used to view lists as like a things that need to be done right now. This is like eminently today, this is what's happening to-do list. And I think the concept of a to-do list is it stuff you need to do like short-term. <laughs> But even the the name doesn't imply that. It just means to do. Like, it needs to be done. It doesn't say when. It doesn't say, like, now or today or anything like that. Um, And so I always felt very defeated by lists because I also would be adding to them all day. It's not like I would make a list and then I'd be done for the day. And what, in hindsight, I realized is that I knew that if I didn't put something down to get it out of my head, I wouldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. And so because I had a piece of paper that had things that needed to be done on it, the logical place for any sort of thing that I didn't want to forget was to put it on the list. But then that just really triggered a lot of overwhelm and um, self-esteem and self-worth. And I'm, look how lazy I am. I can't mm-hmm. get the shit I'm supposed to get done today. But it's because I was creating a never-ending just place to dump things so that I wouldn't forget them. And now I realize and appreciate that like my to-do list is actually not a to-do list. It is just a brain dump. Mm -hmm. Some of the things on it absolutely are time sensitive and need to get done. And some of them are stuff that I'll do in like maybe a month. Right? Yeah, like but you think about it, imminent. and if it doesn't get written down, then all of a sudden, when you have to schedule to have your tires changed from your winter to your yeah. summer tires, and it should have been done two weeks ago because you're going on a road trip in three days, it's not For done, sure. and it doesn't yeah. get done because it didn't get written down. Yeah, I have like, for example, I have stuff like, um, on my ongoing lists, it's like. Submit my benefit, submit benefits. So all the therapies and stuff. Well, that's never ending. Right. right. I have a kid with autism. She's doing shit every single week. I'm always submitting stuff. <laughs> right. And then I have to submit it through Dave's insurance afterwards if the whole right. thing's not covered. So like, that's just literally always on my list to see yeah. where I'm at in terms of our submission cycle. Right. So I think for me, I found a lot of relief when I sort of reframed uh, to-do list for me is that it's not a um it's not a countdown of my day mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not the same thing as blocking off my day or anything like that it's just a place outside of my brain for things to live that would be forgotten mm-hmm. and it the goal is never like it will never be zero because I will always have more things to submit <laughs> to our benefits I will always <laughs> have to have to get something from the grocery store or have to change your winter tires grocery list do you know what i mean uh always there's always going to be stuff on there and actually what i love now because i my list is just out on the island all the time bless people who don't have shit on their island all the time i can't (laughs) i have to have my i have to have stuff out there but now my 10 year old will add to it 
And I actually love that helpful because it's a thing that you're going to need to do probably some sort of registration for her for something. No, she wants me. No, she wants to get rid of her kid's Spotify account because Spotify removed all the Taylor Swift stuff from the kids accounts, which is stupid. (laughs) Spotify, get your shit together. And so I said, I'd make her cause we have family. I said, I'd give her like an adult account. We had a whole talk about what that looks like. But I keep forgetting to do it, and she keeps reminding me when we're like leaving the house. Right, so, the most the most useless times. How do kids have a radar for the worst time? Smart to tell little you kid, something? pop that on my list. And guess funny. what? It doesn't matter if it doesn't get done today or tomorrow. It will mm-hmm. get done because mm-hmm. it's on the list. So good for her. Yeah, and she'll keep adding it on. It's fine. She'll be relentless, and I I applaud that. Eventually, you will do it. So for me, reframing the list made a huge difference. And I have to say, and this is where the and comes in, and this is very situational um, in regards to my experience personally, until I started taking medication and got to a dose that was, um, you know, a good dose for me with my ADHD medication, I um, could not approach my list with the, from a space of neutrality. I really mm-hmm. looked at it like a worthiness list um, to get things done and be productive. And like, and until I could, until I was like biochemically able to view it from a different lens, uh, the list was like a necessary evil. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's like a super freaking useful tool. Cause it doesn't have that same charge, right? Like, no. Yeah. 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 And the reality is for my circumstance and for my, for me, um, I uh, am somebody who just benefited a lot from medication. Um, So I can now better utilize non-pharmacological things like Mm -hmm. the lists. And I've started using lists for my kids daily and it's made a huge difference. Um, I make them in the morning. I have like a little system and I'm a morning person. So um, this is a morning thing for me. I feel like people that are night owls, this would be a night thing, not a morning thing. I am a useless not thinking clearly human after my kids go to bed. So this would be excruciating and I would hate it. Whereas I actually really enjoy doing this in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I look at, I also have a paper calendar and an online calendar. Um, and that's just the way I work. And it's my workflow. Dave does not understand it. He cannot understand for the life of him why I would need to, but that's fine because this is not his life that he is living. Yep. Um, and so I look at my um, uh, phone calendar to see what's happening for the day. And then I go to my paper calendar and make sure that, um, you know, it, everything's reflected there. And then I do a brain dump and I just get everything out of my head that just needs to come out of my head make my kid her Spotify account. Um, I actually need to submit some marks um, from work today, even though I'm technically not working today, but I forgot to do it on the days that I was working. So, you know, like I just like dump all the things because I don't want them living in my brain anymore. Mm -hmm. They're on paper. And then each of my kids has a little notebook. We're going to start experimenting with different types of lists because I'm, I'm hyper fixated now on lists. So of course we're going to try a bunch of different things, but what we're doing now that works. And even though it's not broken, I am still going to tinker with it because I will not change. Um, I make a little list for them for their morning. And it's something that's really helped my, um, autistic kid with her executive functioning and the other kids just, uh, wanted to feel included. So they get lists too, but it's actually only had huge benefits and the lists are very easy wake up, go to the washroom, 
eat breakfast, clear dishes. If you're a kid who takes a medication, take medication. Um, if you're the kid that feeds the dog, it says feed the dogs, get dressed. Like it just has the very basic things for the morning. And then it has a little blurb about what they're going to do for the day. So um, who's picking you up from school and what activities are there? If there are any activities. And the last few days I've been teaching in the hospital. So I've left the house before they're up in the morning. And I write them like a little note. Like, I hope you had a great sleep. I'm so excited to see you then. Like, or, you know, like a little Jeez. note. And it's great. They love it. And the shifts that they've had, like, they now come down in the morning dressed because that's one more thing they can tick off the list right out the gates. And so, doesn't like, it feel so, I mean, the dopamine, the tiny little dopamine yeah. I get from crossing something off the list. Oh, makes yeah. a deal for my brain. It makes a huge deal. And it's been a, it's made life easier. And um, Dave, the lists are nice because he's a total nagger. Bless his heart. Dave, if you are listening, which you're not, because I know you're not, but if you are, <laughs> You are a nagger and it comes from a good place and you know this. And it's because you do not have executive functioning issues. So watching people with executive functioning problems <laughs> problematically executive function is very hard for you. So you <laughs> nag. We love you. But you nag. So, but what the lists do is he could just look and see what's ticked off on the list. So instead of being like, did you feed the dogs? Did you feed the dogs? Did you did you like I have one kid with like sinus problems? bless did you take your nasal spray did you like he can just look at the list right the kids know they are not allowed to check anything off till it's done but then when it's done you got to check it off check it off well they're dude they are like pushing each other the way to check things off when it's done like that is like a big deal they like get special colored pens for their tick boxes it's it's quite a thing but then he can just say and i'm trying to train myself like both of us to prompt downgrade the prompting to where are you at with your list because mm -hmm. it just like of course we're going to remind and of course like their kids but it also puts like responsibility on them to be in charge it of like, a bit. what are you doing yeah. right i mean it, as much as you can with honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. kids who are still kids <laughs> kids who are kids kids who are too young like i got a four-year-old mm -hmm. i got a autistic kid like yeah there but it shifts it sort of um shifts responsibility just a little bit mm -hmm. you're i'm still making them the list Right. I'm but still... it's the things that they can be in charge of, right? Mm -hmm. It's not asking them for more than they're capable of, but it's giving them what they are capable of. Because I feel like as a parent, that can be a really tricky balance is finding yeah. a space between I want you to be responsible, but I also don't want to ask something of you that is too big for you to do. And I think it's important to remember that's like such a great statement. And I think what's really important to remember is what kids are capable of doing Um can shift day to day. Like, I guess their capability mm -hmm. remains pretty constant, but where they're at emotionally and mentally mm -hmm. can shift. So their threshold may not allow for the thing that they're capable of doing. And mm -hmm. I think that's a really important mm -hmm. thing to kind of appreciate because you can have a kid, like my 10 year old is like awesome and great. And like, she can do everything by herself, but some days she's just like stressed out for whatever reason, the same way adults are. And it's, kind to help her when she's stressed out versus being like this is your responsibility like is mm -hmm. it am i setting her back years of independence because today i you fed the dogs right. or like i put her lunch in her backpack for right. her like no in fact i think it's showing that i'm in tune with how she's feeling mm -hmm. and that i'm there to help and support her 
Mm -hmm. right? Versus shoving independence at them at all costs. I think we need to be flexible. Um, the more flexibility and appreciation we have for people, I think the better the world is, but more to say that the lists have really streamlined our mornings. Mornings used to be very hard in our house and they're not, and they haven't been for a few weeks now. And this is like now our system. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the big thing for me is the list with the caveat of like, I couldn't, my list was always stressful for me until I had pharmacological support. Yeah. Which is kind of like shitty to say, but it's also true. And it would but be a lie right. to say, yeah. oh man, that's... lists are a game changer. You need lists. It's like, well. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and okay. So yeah. this is what I remembered in having this conversation with you about lists over the last um, little while. So when I was working a lot and when I had a lot of plates to spin mm -hmm. <laughs> to keep out the, in the air, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I had a very similar system of lists. When I stepped back from working as much outside of the home, I kind of lost some of these systems because first of all, it was because my dad was ill and then passed away. So yeah. I had my own grief shit to wade through well your and priorities shifted a hundred percent I didn't yeah. give a shit about lists I just needed to you know get through and that's yeah. okay but it's like it fell off my radar and mm -hmm. then I was no longer in a place where I could reinstitute it um mm. but one of the things that I did pre-pharmacological intervention that I found very helpful that really kept me on task because I had a similar thing. I had to do a brain dump list. Sometimes mm -hmm. it would have 40 things on it. Oh, yeah. Knowing that I wasn't going to do those things, but because- The first thing is always brain dump or make list. Because <laughs> you could take it always the first done. item on a list, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, or anything you've already done is the oh, other yeah. next thing it you put counts. on the list. <laughs> yep. So you it, it counts. Um. But what I would do is go through the list and pick out the three things I knew I was going to be able to get done that day. And usually mm -hmm. one of them was like not maybe not on the list or like very, very easy, like go to the gym. And I'd already gone to the gym. Like I put that in 33% you know. through my to do list. <laughs> Um, you know, and then, okay, I just have to get these two more things done today. And then if I had extra time or bandwidth or, you know, more in me, I could pick some more things and cross mm -hmm. them off the list. And then the next morning I'd rewrite out the things I didn't do and add whatever mm -hmm. else I needed onto them. But that process of pulling out, okay, I only just need to do three things today was mm -hmm. how I managed that piece of shame and of guilt. Because mm. like you, that list can hold a lot of charge in the yeah. look at all the things I didn't do. Um, yeah. if I didn't find a way to pick those pieces out. So that's something that I've, like I said, just recently reinstituted and found really helpful because it was something that worked before that I lost and now I'm mm -hmm. able to bring it back in. And, um, again, it's the kind of thing that a, I forgot that I used to do B, I certainly didn't realize it was something I was doing to manage my mental health and neurodivergence mm -hmm. um but b because i know it's worked before it's something that i know i can reinstate because the other thing and i don't know if you found this jenny but i often find that when there is like okay here are some suggestions here are some things you can do um you know that you might not already be doing um to support your adhd um 
if I see something that's new that I haven't done and I try it once and I fail at it in my brain, whatever fail at it looks like, then that becomes something else for mm -hmm. me to use as a measuring stick that I've failed up against. Right. And I mm -hmm. know we've talked about this a lot, but a, for me, a huge piece of my ADHD comes in my own internalizing my inability to do things. Right. Mm -hmm. I have once again failed for all of these reasons. Look at all of this evidence that I am not good enough and I am, you know, lazy and I am irresponsible and I am stupid and I am all of these other things that I've been telling myself for decades. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need any more ammunition. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've heard people recommend within sort of this space of, um, I guess, like, mental hacks, like things that you can do. I hate the term hack, but like it's catchy and it gets the point across, but like <laughs> little like tips and tricks to, um, they're not productivity tips and tricks, but they're more, um, more of a way to give yourself credit. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen recommendations for either at the end of the day, this would not work for me because I'm too tired. And I actually would think most um, neurodivergent people would be tired at the end of the day. Like, I think that's a pretty yeah. typical experience. And like, honestly, neurotypical people are tired at the end of the day. <laughs> like, unless you are actually like a night owl type person, yeah. like, you are tired at the end of the day. So, yeah. um, but something you, that could be done before that brain dump is to mm -hmm. write down all the things you did do the mm -hmm. day before. And it's more not to sort of justify that you were productive and you did all these things, but it's more that we so often forget and mm -hmm. don't realize how much we do. Right. Because we're and so I've busy fixated of, on all the things yeah. we didn't do rather than mm -hmm. reminding ourselves of the things we did do. So I've heard of that as like a tip to sort of give yourself some recognition. I can also see though how that could slip into kind of that reinforcement of like, Hustle culture, blah, blah, blah. But My I only do value think... is if I accomplish these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that there could be um, a subset of people or a space where every once in a while writing down and like really documenting just how much you are doing, especially if you're feeling um, you're in that sort of place of uh, – feeling not productive, feeling lazy. Um, it, it can be helpful to just acknowledge the things that you are doing. Mm -hmm. um, I've never done that. And I can kind of see how you could pivot and argue either way. But I think it's like anything. Is the world going to end if one morning you decide to make a list of the things that you do and it actually really didn't feel good and you felt like shit afterwards. Well, no, the world's not going to end. You're just not going to do that again. So right. I think it's like any of these tools, like try it. It's just something you can try. And if you like yeah. it, do it again. And if you don't like yeah. it, well then don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Totally. totally. Yeah. One of the other things that I have recently started doing that I, um, struggled with for a lot of the same reasons actually mm -hmm. is doing small pieces of a larger task. And I know that that probably oh seems my God, really yes. obvious if you are it's don't struggle with though. this. But I would be the person who would be like, okay, I have to rearrange 
the kitchen. Like we have been talking about rearranging the things in the kitchen for months. I just have to do it. I would pull everything out of every single cupboard and then I would be so overwhelmed that we would live with like crap on the counters for six months because I would be completely paralyzed about what to do. Because organizing one drawer at a time no, it feels like what's that the point? A system? Yeah, I know. right. But, but then if you organize one drawer, you're like, oh my god, a hundred percent. Literally, <laughs> over the course of this month, like once a week, I have picked one cupboard in the kitchen, and I'm just going to rearrange this cupboard. And sometimes, then it kind of knocks onto another cupboard because I'm like, no, I actually want to move all of these dishes into this. Sure, I mean that's just being a human, though. Right. But allowing myself to, because the other thing I would get really paralyzed in is, okay, well, I have to get rid of everything I'm not using and I have to perfectly organize things. Whereas if I'm just doing one, I'm like, you know what? I don't have the bandwidth to get rid of these things right now. I'm going to put them at the top of this cupboard and I'm mm-hmm. going to come back to this. Mm-hmm. And I think and I'll again, remember that I put the shit up top here to see if I was going to use it. And look, it's all right. there. Now I can yep. get rid of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And acknowledging that I can do half a project and that's okay. I think for me, mm-hmm. that's the big piece that the charge has been removed from where I would feel like, well, what's the point? Like, I can't even, I can't even feel proud about this because I only half finished it. And that's like mm-hmm. just another way that I failed instead mm-hmm. of saying, no, I was just going to do one cupboard and I did one cupboard and like good for me for just doing one cupboard. Actually, I think that's the piece for me that has kind of had the charge removed out of it in mm-hmm. trying to find the right combination of medication um, that I just simply didn't have in me before. All I had in me was I have to pull everything out and then get completely flooded and then mm-hmm. get stuck. So instead I do nothing. And then I'm constantly frustrated by how much useless crap we have everywhere in our kitchen and things pile up on counters because they need to go in the drawer, but you got to reorganize the drawer before they can go in the drawer. And the knock-on effect becomes... I think we've talked about this a little bit before, like unrelated to this, maybe not even on, maybe just in our 8 million voice memos back and forth. But like Mm -hmm. my brain feels cluttered if I see things on surfaces. So as soon as I see things on surfaces, my brain will shut down my ability to do other things. Mm -hmm. So when those things pile up on the counters, (laughs) I shut down in the ability to actually tackle the things on the counters. And Which I think is so hard. It's a real catch 22. But this is how I've this is how I am working to move through it now that I'm in a place where I can acknowledge this isn't just me being dumb and lazy. <laughs> and I think I think for a very large percentage of the human population, a cluttered space makes us feel like, bleh. right? Like, I think that's pretty a, a relatively broadly applicable principle or statement. But what I think is really important to call out is that cardinal signs of ADHD are difficulty starting projects, difficulty finishing projects, mm-hmm. and decision paralysis. Yeah. Right? So it's that concept of, I know I want to reorganize my kitchen. I don't know where to start. So that's decision paralysis. And mm-hmm. it also feeds into um, the difficulty starting because you've uh, there's this inability ability to compartmentalize and chunk down. Yeah. You have a hard time starting and then you have a hard time finishing if you've created a space that's quite overwhelming. Yeah. Or you just like got time blind and (laughs) all of a sudden you have to go pick up your kid. (laughs) Yes. Right. So I think I, and it's funny because my little kid's room, they share a room. My two little kids had paint swatches on the walls for like (laughs) a year and a half. Because the original color we painted their room, 
they mixed the wrong color for me. Oh, that's so And so, and I thought when I started putting it on, it looked like a different shade, but it it's so hard to tell. Yep. Totally. Whatever. And of course I was a pain in the ass and got like 16 stupid sample cans and like the poor human was trying to like label them all for this like ridiculous woman who wanted all these different fucking shades of pink mixed custom <laughs> colors and so she just put the wrong late like she switched two of the labels and unfortunately that was one of the labels was the paint we wanted anyway so i painted their entire room a color that i hated right <laughs> and like they didn't love and eventually, and so there were swatches on their wall forever because to me, painting the walls meant, well, I'm going to repaint the trim. Mm -hmm. And then that means I, but the whole upper hallway needs all the door casings and doors painted. Right. So, and then the if trim I'm going to do that, that, I have to do all of it. The whole stairwell, obviously you couldn't just yeah. stop somewhere. No. You mm -mm. absolutely. Oh my God. Then the bathroom trim needs to be painted because if you're means, already out painting trim you might as well just finish look half the thing with painting is getting all the crap out so you might yeah. as well just finish the painting jobs you have to do but dave started painting the bathroom but did a crappy job because he didn't prep <laughs> the walls which is like fine honestly i i appreciate right. it like it, it he it's didn't fine. know that he needed to prep the walls until it was clear that the walls needed like a special primer on them like whatever but like i like to do my trim after my wall color so i couldn't do the trim for anything right. in the entire house until the bathroom had the walls done. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. even as you say it yourself, you're like, this is really dumb. And this is absolutely not, there's no rules about this. Right. But I promised myself in the summer, I was like, I am going to just paint the walls in the kid's room. Just the walls, Jenny, just <laughs> the walls. And then I painted the walls, right? And then I was like, we're doing the trim, just the trim in the little kid's room, just the trim, not the hallway, not the, just the kid's room. And it was so easy because in my head, it was this big thing. And then when I was doing it and it clearly wasn't, it was actually really satisfying because I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this isn't hard, right? Like it was mentally this hard, but something not like actually I can hard. I off my list. And here's the beautiful thing about chunking things down. There are more tick boxes. Yeah. To <laughs> Many more tick boxes. It's not just kitchen. It's like first cupboard on the right, second cupboard on the right, first oh, cupboard yes, on the left. Oh, dude. Empty cupboard, vacuum cupboard, wipe cupboard. You can break, you can tick box the living hell out of any project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something I think that it would be good to come back to because it's something that um, I know we've talked a little bit about, but I've kind of had some recent revelations about. So can you talk well, a little bit about what well, we start and we started with this kind of, but can you talk a little bit about time blindness? Because I feel like mm -hmm. that's another thing that can be a hallmark of, um, I feel personally like, especially inattentive <laughs> type. Uh, yeah, ADHD. I think yeah, I would I would agree with the the hyperactive people of time blindness. I mean, probably. I don't know, but I definitely inattentive because you're literally ignoring and not yeah. attending to the time. <laughs> yeah. So for sure. Yeah, I mean, time blindness is literally when you start doing something and you look you have that like, "Oh, look at the time." moment. Um and you've lost your entire day digging into things, right? Um I actually find time blindness such a cool superpower mm -hmm. in the sense that 
it is really cool that you can dig into something and just be so focused and find out so much information on something and not it doesn't feel like work because time flies by. Mm-hmm. So like that's like the superhero side of it. Um, it also has negative sides because like that's how you can end up being late if you are constantly just uh, unable to separate yourself from what you're doing to realize the time frame. There's lots of tricks for time blindness. I mean, once again, for me, a lot of my time blindness showed up in terms of scrolling and not realizing. Like I knew I was scrolling mindlessly Mm -hmm. as I was Mm -hmm. doing it. But then I'd be like, oh my God, it's been like how long? And I've been doing nothing, even though I knew I was doing nothing. But it's that lack of like, it's of uh, appreciating how much time is going by while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids, it looks like kids that are really hard to transition um, and are really hyper fixated and it's hard to move them from one thing to the other because they really don't have a concept of time due to like their age. And then you throw in this overlapping factor where they, their body's innate ability to recognize how much time has passed while they're doing something, just it's not really working properly. So that can be a really challenging one for kids um, and transitions. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot about transition issues with kids with ADHD and autism. Um But for adults, I think time blindness really contributes to um, overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Um, That was 100% for me, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Overwhelm. Feeling like no matter how much time I had in a day, it was never going to be enough because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was all gone, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that's where we see there's a lot of anxiety um, overlap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. with ADHD and uh, a lot of, and so anxiety as its own diagnosis can be really concurrent with ADHD and also anxiety, feelings of anxiety um, can happen a lot with people who have sort of poorly managed ADHD because of things like time blindness, where all of a sudden now you're late or you thought it was going to take you X amount of time to do something, mm-hmm. but like it took you longer and you didn't realize and, and now you're anxious about getting all your work done or getting out the door on time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So time blindness absolutely can be a superpower. Um, but it's really, it can be a real, uh, self-esteem, self-worth nagging mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. too. I clocks and alarms are like a really common recommendation setting timers um, can be great for helping you get started, but also for sort of uh, pulling you back into reality to even check the time. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to stop when the timer goes off, but more just to be like, Hey, time, time exists. Here's a loud reminder that time is literally going by while you're you're doing your thing. Something Pomodoro. Oh yeah, there's like a special timer. Right. So the idea with this, actually, there's a really cute website called tomatotimers.com that has a picture of a tomato. If you have kids, this would be a really lovely thing. Oh, look Um, at him. And he's got a little light bulb. I know, right? I know. I know. Being like a Mac with an apple, it's a tomato. This is beautiful. Adorable. So, but the idea with this is like, okay, you're going to, it's 25 minutes. You're going to set a 25 minute timer. You're going to do something for 25 minutes. You're going to do it that whole time. So as you notice that you're, you know, 
you've fallen down a rabbit hole or you're like starting to look at another draw, right? Come back. You focus on that thing. When the time is done, you put a check mark on a to-do list. You take mm -hmm. a five minute break. And then after four of those in a row, then you can take a longer break. So again, this is not something that I personally have tried, but this is something that comes up again and again as something that can be really useful for people. And I think it's a similar idea to a lot of the things we've talked about, right? It's like an alarm. It's a specific mm -hmm. amount of time. It's a tick box on a to-do list, right? Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I have noticed I have really bad time blindness. Obviously, this is why all the clocks in my house are the wrong time. Um, but I have noticed since finding, you know, since getting my diagnosis and, and uh, you know, playing with my medications, um, times in my brain that have always been a certain way have started to shift. So like in my brain, I pick up my kid from school just before three. So mm -hmm. I have to leave here by 2.42 if I'm walking, less if mm -hmm. I'm driving. But in my brain, that means as soon as two o'clock happens, basically, uh, like, I'm done. I have nothing. Yeah. I have no time for anything else. Like, I, I can't. Right? Which, like, I have at it's least so 42 dumb. minutes. I know. I'm the exact same. I'm at two o'clock, too. And I, yeah, same timeline. Like, well, it's so stupid. It's like, it I, doesn't. And I even know at two o'clock, I'm like, I'm so consciously aware of how... <laughs> I, illogical my decision making is yeah yeah but what I've noticed is I have started to be able to do things in that time that previously oh. I literally just had given up on like well it's two o'clock I'm not even gonna try I know I can't I just do go anything. walk my dogs because I'm like well mm -hmm. nothing well. can happen apparently I can find time to walk my dogs but I can't find time to do anything else it's remarkable yeah. isn't it yeah. So, but this is also somewhere where, you know, I'm like, okay, I have 42 minutes. If I have 25 minutes, I can do something mm -hmm. for 25 minutes and then I can mm -hmm. start getting ready and I can, you know, mm -hmm. it's recognizing that time can give me more than I ask from it mm -hmm. if I just put myself in the right mind frame around it. And again, mm -hmm. that was something that I wasn't capable of just mind framing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you know, my way mm -hmm. around until I you know, had the right interventions, but mm -hmm. that can be something that I have found helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, timers are great because you're kind of making a little promise to yourself. You only mm -hmm. have to do this thing for this long, mm -hmm. especially when it's something you don't feel like doing or boring or you don't mm -hmm. want to like tax season or do you know what I mean? Like any of that oh stuff, like it's you making a deal with yourself. Like we're just going to do this for 25 minutes. I'm I'm a 45 minute timer person. I don't know why. Probably because I dick around for the first 10 minutes and whatever. <laughs> but like, but it's like a deal. It's like we only gotta do this yeah. for 45 minutes. And then we're gonna go for yeah. a little walk around the house. We'll put some laundry in the dryer. We're gonna like have movement. You just gotta do it for the short period of time. And so I think for me, it's just like it's like a little agreement. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal, mm -hmm. Jenny. We are gonna do something. Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah, you are going to do your work for 45 Whether minutes. Whether you like it or then not. Then you can go get another coffee. Then you can go like do whatever you want to do. But then you're going to come back and then you only have to do it. It's like you only have to do it for the short. Yeah. You're only looking at the end of that first time cycle. And I think that's yeah. the key. Even if you have a whole yeah. day of work, like you're working yeah. for the whole day. But yeah. you, it really allows, it's that mental gymnastics game of chunking down your time that you don't mm -hmm. feel capable of chunking down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where the overwhelm for me, that's where the overwhelm always came in because I have 
all of this time and I have all mm-hmm. of these tasks. And again, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, the inability to, you know, organize myself to start a task feels mm-hmm. just so has has felt mm-hmm. just like it might as well live on Mars. Like there's yeah. no way, you know? Totally. No, I think it's such an interesting thing when you look into it more because the nice thing with a lot of these non-pharmological um, suggestions is that they're so benign and harmless. <laughs> like you can try them and if they work for you, great. And like if, they if don't, your like, tomato timer fine. doesn't work, then don't use the tomato timer. Then again. don't use the tomato timer. And I think what's valuable if you are somebody who has a diagnosis or is seeking a diagnosis or whatever, if you are somebody who's in a position to use pharmacological and non-pharmacological interventions, there's a lag time between thinking you have a diagnosis and getting it confirmed. So you may as well just look at those non-pharmacologicals, right? Even if you don't have a particular diagnosis, different, you know, strokes for different folks, right? There are things that could work for you. It doesn't mean that that won't work for you if you don't have a diagnosis. Totally. Even if you're somebody who isn't going to seek out a diagnosis, you may, these are things you may find helpful. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And they're so harmless in -hmm. terms of the, uh, the level of commitment. Like there's no, there's such an easy thing to just try. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it's just a great place to experiment. Um, and I do think it's all, it's just worth that little asterisk font footnote that, um, you know, sometimes people just do better with a little bit of medication and you can Mm -hmm. actually better utilize the non-pharmacologicals when you've got a pharmacological agent that's working for you. Right. Like I think it's really unfair and a disservice to say, oh, I have all these systems and they work great for me and they help me. It's just the lists and setting my without acknowledging. Yeah, exactly. Without (laughs) acknowledging. Right. It's like when people are like, oh, your skin, tell me about your skincare routine. If that person's using like disport, microneedling, and then you just tell someone about the face wash you're using, like that's (laughs) not giving the whole picture and that's not honest. And so I think sure that's a great face wash, but. Yeah, but it did not make your wrinkles go away. Right. <laughs> right. And I think it's it's just in an effort to have more transparency, um, it's just important to remember that some people look like they have great systems, but maybe they're also using. There's other things going on in the background that you don't know about. Don't be a pendulum swinger. Meet us in the middle. Meet us There's in the middle. There's lots of good stuff here with us. There's lots of good stuff in the middle. Thanks so much for listening to In The Middle. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.